Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hello, my equally amazing co-host. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. Good. I'm well. I just moved my microphone so it's right under my chin because you keep telling me that the balance is weird between the sound on my side and your side. So I just remember to move it directly under my chin. See how caring I can be. That's so much better. Good. I need to turn you down. Whoa. (laughs) Put that one in the diary. (laughs) Nobody ever says that to me, but I will see when I talk to people, they naturally like move closer to their speaker because I don't speak loud enough. So how you doing though? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Enjoying the fact that the evenings are much lighter mm. noticeably now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause your time just changed as well. Yeah. Yeah. So last summer, I remember sitting outside in my garden, listening to the birds kind of as dusk would fall and everything. And I did that last night for the first time this spring this year. And it was just like, oh, isn't this nice? Mm. Yeah. Not that it's warm yet, but, you know, it's lighter. Well, I was watching the sunset last night over the river and thinking about our retreat. And uh, it occurred to me that I should make a video of the sunset and post it out there and talk about the retreat. Because honestly, I couldn't even imagine a better place for people to come and, and look at what's under the noise of life and our personal thinking and just had deep appreciation for the space. So I'm really excited about our retreat in April. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, before we hit record, we were talking about some possible ideas of what we wanted to explore today. Well, okay. In my recollection, and it wasn't long ago, so I trust my memory on this one. (laughs) You had the idea, (laughs) as if that's a surprise to anybody. You had the idea about what we might talk about, which was literally 30 seconds before you hit record. As normal. Oh, let's talk about this. Yes. It was about listening, if I recall. It does. It has to do with listening. And, you know, I love, I love reading. 
you know, books about this understanding and books about truth and listening to podcasts and, and all of that. And one thing that I've heard a few times that really has that kind of internal pull to know more. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just this feeling like, hmm, like that just seems so interesting to me of how to listen in that way more of the time. And one thing that I'd heard was listening to another human being, but not listening to help. And that really does go against, you know, what I think a lot of people think about listening. You know, like, why, why listen to another human being talk if not to help them? Right? Seems like almost the opposite. And yet I can sense a truth in that that I thought might be interesting for you and I to talk about. Mm. So when you mentioned this a few minutes ago, my mind went directly to a, a book that became, I think it was in the late 80s it was published and it became an international bestseller. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Mm -hmm. And it, it may be in the 90s, I, I can't remember when it came out. And one of the notions in there was a very overgeneralistic statement to say that the men from Mars, they will listen to fix. Mm. They will listen to help. And then these women from planet Venus, they just want to be listened to full stop. Now, the reason that I'm not a huge fan of that book is I think that stereotypes like that aren't particularly helpful between genders. I just don't think it's particularly true either. Although there are possibly some patterns, but the key thing is, to your point, is that, yeah, a lot of us, when we listen, we're listening to help or listen to, to listen to disagree, listen to debate, listen to compare it to what I think I know, because I think I know best when I'm listening, all that kind of stuff, as opposed to exactly what drew me when you brought this as, up as a potential topic today is listen for the sake of listening to the other person. There was um, somebody I met who's um, a coach who wrote a few books about listening, really. A lady called Nancy Klein, who I might have mentioned on a previous episode of this. And she coined the phrase creating the thinking environment for the other person. And then the listener would be listening, not to do anything other than listen, not to reply, not to offer help, to listen, to listen, to listen. And the premise really is that the feeling of being listened to settles the mind. And if there is something to be done, they will know what it is, or they will just love the presence of another human being who is not judging, nor trying to fix. And just the... the I don't know, the love and the presence of somebody else just being with them and holding that space. I know how healing that can feel. And yet, yeah, I will listen. You know, a number of times today I've been listening to people and I've been listening to help. 
right or wrong. But, you know, that was, that was the undercurrent of my listening. You know, it's such a, I think that's why it's an interesting topic because when you're with someone and they're hurting, you know, there's a part of us that wants them to hurt less. Mm. That remembers what it feels like to feel that way. So it, I think it's very normal to listen to help if people are listening at all, you know, not just waiting for their, their cue to chime in, right? You know, the notion of not listening to help, but just to listen, you know, comes from a place where we stand in our own knowing, our own knowing of our completeness, you know, knowing the perfection of whatever experience is showing up. Even if we're caught up, even if we're hurting, you know, and we're having this very human experience with, it could be, you know, just a myriad of emotion and stories that don't feel very good. But I think when we meet people in that space where we know their perfection and the perfection of their experience is for them, not happening to them, this is for them. And when you stay in that space, you don't have to say it, I don't think. But in a place where you know when they settle down that wisdom is coming through and if there's something to do, they'll do it. And it's almost just listening from your own knowing it comes through and it creates this space with them. Like this, just being with somebody who not only is listening, but knows that there's nothing going wrong. Not really. Wow. That's, that's a different space. There's not a problem to fix. There's nothing going wrong. I'm just with you while you're in this experience of pain. That's incredible, I think. That's a completely different way of listening. And I've honestly, I've been around really experienced coaches who are killing it in business and have no idea how to listen. <laughs> Not like that. Yeah. It's unique. I think it's so special. And it pulls, it's almost like it invites their wisdom to show up. Just that presence, right? Just mm. like opens up a new door. What do you think? There were three things in what you said that struck deeply in me. One was, and I scribbled it down here, listening and standing in our own knowing. That I thought was just a really lovely phrase of what I think we're pointing out with this. Standing in our own knowing that they're okay regardless of what they think and feel right now. 
and knowing that we know that. And until they recognize it, then our knowing has a chance of being, of resonating in them. The other thing was when you said some people are killing it in business and they don't listen like that. One of the worst, no, I will say the worst listener I've ever come across in my entire career is an extremely successful CEO of a business. And he's, a, he's done loads of stuff on TV here in the UK. It, it's a car crash of a listener. Mm. Car crash of a listener. Very smart. And I just wonder how much more he could get out of life and of work and of business if he could listen, listen a bit better. Mm. I wonder. Because... To me, he's been successful in spite of that, in my opinion. The third thing is the number of people, if I've said nothing in 50 minutes, who then say, gee, has been so helpful, Win, thanks for your advice. Like, <laughs> I'm Brilliant. I have not said anything. <laughs> Jeez, you're so full of great ideas today. And I'm going, well, I can't remember saying a word yet, alone anything. <laughs> But I think that points to something, right? About listening and then it allows the space and the door for wisdom to come through. So again, something you're pointing at, pretty much using those words. I think that's such a phenomenal place for listening, oh, for the power of listening to, um, to show itself and, you know, not being in my noise when I'm listening to someone else's noise. What do I do with this information that they're sharing? How do I, how do I, how do I, as opposed to I'll just listen. And if there is something to say, it'll occur to me, but not from a wanting of, I need to prove my way of helping. Even if they're paying me handsomely for the session that we're having, to not have me on my mind whatsoever, including you know, what I think will be helpful. How will I provide value? How will I be good as a coach, as a consultant, as a therapist here? No. Because a lot of people, when, when I, if I default into how can I help, the key word in that is I which supposes there's a job for me to do. It supposes that it's up to me. And I've innocently forgotten that they're as wise as I could possibly be. And I've made a, a massive assumption that I'm needed in this. I mean, one way of saying that would be that's a very wind-centric view of the universe. Now, it doesn't feel so egotistical as that. Kind of is, though. What's going through your mind? Hmm. I was thinking about this when I was reading uh, Byron Katie, of course, and put this into my journal, this quote, and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know the exact quote, but essentially she was talking about how 
she herself, her words have no value, that her presence has no value. She's invisible. What has value can't be seen or heard. She can be with somebody while they find their own truth. And that's what has value, is the truth that someone finds inside themselves. That sets us free. Is our own truth. She said something about mm, that it's free because it's always been yours. Mm. Mm. I love that. I think that speaks directly to what we're saying. You know, but I know I I've been around in this conversation enough to, to know that that presence, that listening, that the words that sometimes come, like I understand their value with another human being. But then she's taking, and we've talked about this in other episodes, she's taking truth even, <laughs> even deeper that the truth can't be seen or heard. And I just, you know, that, that things of value, what really has value can't be seen or heard. And it's the truth. And it's felt. Yeah. It is felt, though. Yeah. It's felt. I was walking through the store the other day, and I saw this T-shirt, and it said, your feelings matter. And I was like, yeah. But not in the way that people think. (laughs) But So, of course, if it was my T-shirt, I'd put a little disclaimer right at the bottom, but... But yeah, they matter so much. What do you mean when you say that? When I say it? Yeah. Mm, like when I think about what that means, I'm talking about the feeling that comes from that deeper part of who we are. And it's so, for me, I, I'm not, I, I can't speak to anyone else's experience, but for me, that feeling is very gentle. It's very quiet, but so real. Yeah. So, um, cannot mistake it. And it, and it doesn't change in a way that like, When people say feelings, like most people, you know, like your feelings matter, they're talking about your personality preferences. They're talking about your stories of how things should be. They're talking about, oh, this is what makes me who I am because I'm, I do this and I say this and I wear this. And, you know, it's, it's like the you that's created, you know, just in your mind. I'm talking about a feeling that comes from a different space. And for me, it's never loud, but it's unmistakable. Mm. And so it's kind of like when I saw that shirt, that feelings matter, and I was like, yeah, that feeling, that gentle, sometimes it's a nudging, 
sometimes it's very specific. It always makes sense. Feels like home. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what that means to me. What about you? Well, the reason I'm asking is that I think it's very easy for us to overemphasize a feeling. Mm. An emotion, I'm going to call it an emotion to make the distinction between the feeling that, that you're talking about here. Because out of the five people I've seen today on video call before you and I met, I think at least three of them, one of the wishes I had for them was what they feel for it to have less meaning for them. Because they have emotions and then they've got a lot of thinking about a specific emotion or a group of emotions. So I'm thinking, well, why would it matter that you feel that? Why would it matter that you feel that? And for them, that's kind of like a showstopper as a, as a notion to consider. What do you mean? Well, you know, I, I feel I'm a failure. Yeah. What makes that more noteworthy than any other emotion that you have? Why would that have more meaning than a transient, impersonal, universal, illusory nature? Yeah, I mean, you can salivate over the dinner reservation that you might have at the weekend. And it's Monday. <laughs> how come that emotion doesn't, you know, how come you're not talking to me about, am I going crazy because my mouth is salivating? Because we're thinking about the appetizers of the place I'm going to on Saturday wouldn't help me. No, we don't think that's a problem. So no, the fear of failure or thinking that I'm a failure is of the same thing or imposter syndrome or anxiety or, or even depression of which I've had a lot of people recently reach out with that for various different reasons. Doesn't seem to be any underlying trend. But to me, when I'm less, when I've got less of my varying emotions on my mind, my emotions will just take care of themselves. They will. But I'm not making a, a meal of them taking that restaurant thing to another extent. Or another way of saying it, using different words, is that, hey, the noise is fine when left, when left alone. The noise is fine even when we don't. But what's underneath the noise? So what's underneath all of these emotions is the feeling that you're pointing out, that you were talking about, and, and why, going back to the whole topic of today, this week's conversation, is if I'm listening and knowing that I'm in my knowing and they have the equal amount of knowing in them that's more powerful than my knowing, their knowing to them is more powerful to them than my knowing to them. And listening is just listening with pure presence as opposed to anything to help because I know they don't need help. They're being human. And if they've come for help, they'll ask. And it might just occur to me that I might say, hey, do you want some help with that? No, I didn't think so. Just curious. 
just want you to listen. I'll do that. Do you want me to share my opinion? Maybe later. It's okay to ask those things if they come up, but also to know that if we stay in our knowing, then the door for them to, for their knowing to appear and bubble up with that still sure voice within, with that feeling that comes with it, then that's the best we could possibly do for them, my mind. You know, uh, I think the last time I heard this, I don't know if it's the only place I've ever heard this, but I remember Michael Neal talking about how, you know, this understanding of kind of the, the temporary nature of mood and emotion and caught up thinking, you know, that it settles down, that it does pass at some point, right? That I was some kind of metaphor about basically that when you're falling out of a plane, it's the difference between knowing you have a parachute and not knowing you have a parachute. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how exactly it was explained, but sometimes when we're, you know, just so caught up in solo, that's, that's what it is. It's just knowing I'm, I'm still falling out of a plane, <laughs> still going through all of this, but I know I've got a parachute on it at some point I'll, I'll pull it or it will pull itself. You know, like those automated things. Once you hit a point, it will pull itself, right? It will execute by itself at some point. And sometimes that's all we can access when we're so caught up. And sometimes we can access a little bit more and it looks a lot like, oh, I know I can't trust anything that's showing up. Like we know enough, right? (laughs) So no, I cannot trust a single thing I'm thinking right now. I might as well just be in it. You know, it's just different levels of what you can access at any moment. You know, the fact that the person that you were talking to knew they didn't want help or that maybe they couldn't even hear it at the moment. That is wisdom to me. Like you saying that just blew me out of the water. They're so smart. Like their wisdom is showing up in that, no, I'm good. Man, I love that. Yeah. There's a quick story. As soon as he mentioned, mentioned Michael Neal, um, this is good back four or five years. And we had a student in one of the years on his super, super coach program. And we were doing the, the conversation at the end of every program. We talk about each, each of the student and, and what do they need, even th- whether they get the certificate of achievement um, or a, a certificate of attendance, whatever their outcome is, that they're now certified or they get a certificate of attendance, what do they need? What's the next thing for them that would be most helpful? And I remember someone I was mentoring. So it was, you know, I needed to have the answer to that question. What does this person need? And I said, this is going to sound a little bit weird. But what this person needs is a 20-minute hug. Yeah, that is a bit weird. Explain yourself, Morgan, right? Um for them to realize they're okay and always were. 
now there are other ways than a 20 minute hug right so how we how we played it out was different and i just wonder how on earth it was only one person i thought that about <laughs> to me that isn't that it wasn't that 8 billion people at some point within a day all the need to be reminded of is that you're perfectly okay exactly as you are mm. So, of course, they don't need help. It's interesting, too, because sometimes wisdom looks like not saying that. True. Yeah. Knowing it. Allowing that knowing to be present in the room. Mm-hmm. But not saying it, maybe because it's unhelpful. Yeah. yeah. And wisdom means it doesn't show up in the same way all the time mm-hmm. responsive in the moment every moment and sometimes saying it is talking to a truth that they can hear and then like oh you're right i know yeah and that's what they needed it's so beautiful well this has been a great conversation in my <laughs> mind anyway i've loved it you? Yeah. I wonder what everyone else thought. No, maybe we'll get a, a an email response. Yeah. That's a hint to you listening wherever you're listening to this. <laughs> that we'd love to hear what you've made of this. <laughs> In any relationship that you have with anybody, family, friends, colleagues, clients, suppliers, boss, someone in your work team, traffic warden, wherever it may well be, we'd always love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything that you'd love to share or anything else that you want us to um, to talk about in future episodes, then please do get in touch. Thanks, Kate. This has been awesome. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.